0: Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. We are into the middle and latter stages of April, which means it is time to talk about the WIAA Annual Meeting coming up next week at the, uh, in Stevens Point at the Holiday Inn Conference Center there. We're going to focus on the WI annual meeting today. We're going to have a conversation coming up a little bit later with Mel Dow, the associate director at the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association. I believe in our conversation, I reference him as the assistant director, but he is the associate director for the association. Also, let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Also, a big thanks to our friends at B3 Sciences. Gain the athletic advantage of B3 Sciences BFR training. See the results of your strength or performance training, exercise or rehab in less time. Trusted by a growing list of professional teams like the Milwaukee Brewers, the Kansas City Chiefs, many U.S. Olympic teams such as USA Volleyball, USA Weightlifting, USA Track and Field, contact Dr. Ken Otto, B3 BFR certified coach, and visit drken.b3sciences.com. Again, on our WSN podcast today, we're going to focus in on the uh, the annual meeting and the items on the agenda, including. The competitive equity proposal that came out of an ad hoc committee from the WIAA, a conversation that goes back many, many years, going back to the early 2010s when there was a, uh, a multiplier forced on the constitutional uh, amendment uh, agenda at the annual meeting from a uh, petition that was circulated by a group of schools, uh, originated mostly in southwest Wisconsin, Uh, A multiplier that would have applied a 1.65 multiplier on all private schools in the state of Wisconsin. A very fiery, emotionally charged topic for many years that really came to a boil and, and came to a head that year with that petition where those schools felt like the WIAA was not properly addressing competitive balance, competitive equity, private school concerns at that time. Uh, over the course of a couple years, and, and at that meeting, that uh, multiplier did not go through. They also, uh, there was also a few other proposals. There was a free and reduced lunch proposal. Um, they had voted to table, essentially, the the multiplier for a year. They put together an ad hoc committee at that time that came back with a uh, tournament success factor, which would have... Uh, looked at your success in playoffs in each sport and if you met a certain criteria would have moved you up um, but none of those proposals um, gained enough traction and support to actually get passed the closest one they, they did end up voting on the multiplier uh, a year later the closest one to passing was actually the success factor but it still failed uh, to, to garner 51% or 50.1% of the vote at the annual meeting so the cop the topic has continued the conversation has continued there hasn't necessarily been movement over the years as it is a you know a a complex issue with a, a lot of different viewpoints and a lot of different variables that go into play but uh, a couple years ago the WI did put together an ad hoc committee again to study really dig into it because i think during this entire conversation there really was a lack of concrete data and information. Even if you go back to the original multiplier proposal, there really wasn't much to support it other than saying, we think private schools win too much. Uh, the 1.65 number was what was used by the state of Illinois. And that was it. There, there there, really hadn't been a real deep dive into data and information. And so that's what the WIA did a couple years ago. They brought in some outside con- uh, consulting firms to do that, to, to dig into the data and a committee worked over 18 months or so and put together the proposal that will be voted on next week and the proposal that we will talk with um, Mel Dow from the WIA about momentarily. So again, that meeting is next Wednesday uh, in Stevens Point. starts at 9 o'clock. You can live stream it. The link is already up on the WIA website. I'm sure they'll have it front and center next week if you want to watch. I will be there providing updates and uh, you know what's going on, what some of the discussions are. There are other items on the agenda that we'll go through with Mr. Dow as well, um, but this is certainly the one that that is getting getting the most attention, that has gotten the most uh, discussion. Although I will say, uh, there were complaints again, like there always are at state tournament time, for especially for basketball, and there was some for football as well about private schools and you know which private schools won and whether that was good, bad, indifferent, whether that was impacting state tournament attendance or not, um, you know, all those kinds of things. But this proposal itself, certainly there has not been as much talk and discussion and noise and everything else about, as there was the original plan, uh, the original multiplier plan that is, that came out, um, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was now, um, I don't know if people are tired of talking about it if they are, you know, if if they just want something, they don't care what it is. Um, I don't I don't know what it is, but this proposal really hasn't, as far as I have seen from a more of a general fan perspective and social media chatter and, and that kind of thing, it really hasn't, you know, engendered as much conversation and debate and discussion. It is a more complex plan. There's more to it, certainly. Than there have been on some of the uh, previous proposals, but but we'll see, we'll see where the vote comes in. And uh, it is a great opportunity today to uh to discuss it further with Mel Dow, and we will do that right now. All right, and as promised on the WSN podcast today, we're going to be uh joined by Mel Dow, the assistant director of the WIAA, to talk all things WIAA and especially and specifically shortly. Uh, about the annual meeting coming up next week, always a uh, an important time for the association to get its membership together and uh, review any annual meeting uh, amendments and uh, proposals, and uh, and just a good chance to check up on on what's going on with the WI as as well. Mel, again, appreciate you joining it. We had a couple of technical difficulties getting this thing going, but we're finally here and going. So thanks for taking some time.
1: Hi, uh, Travis. I greatly appreciate it. Your work is always. Uh... Uh, well received around the state of Wisconsin. I'm glad it can help.
0: Well, glad to glad to do that, and and we're glad to uh, to provide a little bit more information and context to the annual meeting that's coming up next week. Uh, again, always an important time. I've I've been going to the annual meeting for I don't know ten or twelve years now, and you know every annual meeting's a little different. There's different things that are are happening. Sometimes there can be a little bit of fireworks. Sometimes there's you know it's just in and out and move on with our business. But uh, I think this year there is certainly. A little more interest in the annual meeting because of one of the uh, amendments specifically. But let's just talk kind of generally, if we could. What does the WIAA see as the value in uh, in the annual meeting? What is the annual meeting about? And what is the process like for hosting the annual meeting for the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association?
1: You know, we... uh... We really appreciate the, the intent of the annual meeting. Uh, it's the opportunity for all the member schools to get together and to give direction uh, of where the association is going. Uh, it's obviously the, the one time of the year where we have all of the member schools are invited to attend. Uh, we we have a really high percentage of the number of schools that do attend. Right now we're at 517 member schools. Uh, but the intent is to give kind of the state of the union address of the association financial reports, election results, and then uh, and an opportunity for the member schools to vote on the constitutional changes uh, for the future direction of the association.
0: Well, let's uh, talk about a few of those changes and, and we'll start with the big ticket item. And this is of course a discussion that goes back many years. You were an athletic director at Stoughton when uh, you know this really came to the forefront about six or eight years ago, maybe even longer now as we look back. Uh, you know, kind of started as a, a multiplier uh, that was put on the agenda through the the constitutional process. That was a um, a petition process at that point. That discussion evolved, public, private, rural, urban. There was a success factor that was proposed out of an ad hoc committee back eight years ago or so. Um, but the First Amendment on the uh, on the books to be voted on by the member schools involves competitive balance and classification for. Uh, for tournament purposes, and there's kind of two parts to that, and I, I think we'll break them down and, and talk about them separately if we could. But the first one is the tournament, excuse me, the tournament performance factor, which is modeled after the tournament success factor of a, a few years ago. Uh, looking at that part of it, could you take us through what that tournament performance factor is and how it's a little bit different than that one that was proposed uh, back in? I think it was 2015, maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so the tournament performance factor is just that. It takes a look at a body of work of over a three-year span of each each respective sport that a school participates in, and uh, it awards uh, a point total for each level of the tournament series that a team succeeds at. Ultimately, the the state championship, being the the highlight of it all, uh, gives the most points. And in over a three-year period, if a team accumulates uh, the six points, uh, then they would be promoted up to the next division in, in that respective sport from the division that their enrollment places them in. In all sports um, other than uh, uh, then two, we have two that do not uh, factored into the tournament factor. And the way that I've tried to explain this
0: to people over the years, going back to when the success factor was first proposed, um, again, back in 2015, I think, is there are a lot of different reasons that schools are successful, that teams are successful. And there have been movements and and proposals to try to address parts of those reasons or why people feel those schools may may succeed at a high rate, the public-private multiplier, there was a free and reduced lunch proposal looking at socioeconomic status. There was a rural urban plan that was proposed for uh, basketball only, I believe. There's a lot of different variables, and it's hard to address all of the different variables. And so the success factor uh, looks at the outcome. It, it looks at, you know, if you are having a high amount of success, not necessarily the why behind it. Um, is that Correct. kind of a fair description or, or um, you know, Boiling it down for people that are trying to grasp just what this di- does is and, and why it is?
1: You know, um just as diverse of the, the schools that we have across the state of Wisconsin um, are, are the diverse reasons why a school is successful in each respective sport. And, and the thing that that the committee wants to make sure that everybody understands is this is an opportunity to be promoted into a level of where you're more competitive. Because there are also components with this proposal um, that allows for programs that are struggling the opportunity to change their division based upon their level of success or lack of success. So again, it's an all-inclusive mechanism in order to, to try to level the playing field so that when teams advance through the playoff system, they, uh, they're they in more of a like set of teams in order to to strive for that championship.
0: And let's talk about that second part of this competitive equity proposal. We had the tournament performance uh, factor, which is, as you said, is a uh, a mechanism that promotes teams into a, a higher division based on a high level of success. And then there's also the tournament classification procedure, which is new. This is not something that we have really discussed a lot that in Wisconsin prior to this, um, but I believe it has been used in, in other states. Could you walk yep. us through that tournament classification procedure, what it does, what it is, what it's meant to do?
1: Yeah, uh, and, and the committee has done an incredible job. I mean, we're we're, we're going on 18 months of, of the work that this committee has done, and a committee that's made up of, of district administrators, principals, athletic directors, uh, conference commissioner. I mean, it, it's a diverse group, public, private, I mean, you name it. They've all been able to have the opportunity to give input and and, and wade through all of this. Um as, as for that classification piece, obviously the, the, the main portion of this is, is that tournament performance factor, where you identify what a school's enrollment is and then based upon their success that we've previously discussed. But there's also an appeal mechanism. We've always had the ability for schools to appeal up a division if they so choose to, that they wanted to move up into a division to, to be more competitive. Uh with this. Component, though, or this proposal that the the membership is going to vote on next week is the ability for them to appeal down a division uh, and to be able to uh, identify the various things that uh, may be the reason why their program struggles. You mentioned before, socioeconomics. geographic. I mean, there are a multitude of different things of why a school may be struggling and have struggles on an annual basis of why being in a higher division may not be in the best interest of them and the teams competing. So with the appeal process, they can appeal to go down a division.
0: And the, uh, the WI in the procedures does outline some of the justifications, some of the information that schools will need to provide as they make those kinds of appeals. As you mentioned, socioeconomic status, demographics of your school population, um, out of building student percentage on rosters and movement of student athletes, geography, participation rates in activities, uh, participation rates in uh, sports specifically, um, open enrollment numbers in and out. Those are all things that schools will have to have to provide to justify why they feel they would move uh should move down in in it's important that we emphasize as you did earlier this can be done on a sport by sport basis so a school could opt to move down or request to move down in boys basketball but not girls basketball or baseball but not softball or whatever it is it's uh, it's on a sport by sport basis um there are a couple sports, as you mentioned, that are exempt from this, uh, including, I believe it's track and field and swimming and diving. Is that is that correct?
1: Yes, that, that's correct. Uh, based upon how that tournament series is 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 devised, that uh, those two sports do not have the ability to to make those appeals up and down. So the tournament factor does not come into play. And another thing to point out with that, that tournament classification procedure, if if a school is moved up a division or promoted rather up a division because of their three year total, uh, they do have the opportunity to appeal that decision. And based upon those criteria that we previously mentioned, you know, uh, including the school's enrollment trend, uh, you know, as far as. The significant graduating class, our different rationale of why a school feels that the promotion up a division may not be uh, warranted the year following um, that that three years ban or span that uh, they have the opportunity to to appeal back into the division based upon their true enrollment.
0: One of the questions that we have received um, is regarding if schools are moved up or down a division, how does that impact everybody else? If there's 20 boys basketball teams, let's say, that appeal to move down, and they are moved down. How does that impact other schools, uh, potentially, that may be close to those divisional cut lines?
1: Yeah, so uh, it's, On a sport by sport basis, depending upon if a sport needs a specified number of teams in the respective brackets. Um, So, example being, I I oversee the sport of wrestling, and and say uh, we know that there's 128 teams that are in Division One in wrestling, and Division Two and Three is the balance of the remaining two teams. Well, if we have 10 teams in Division One that are are enrollment based, Division One that request to go down to Division Two. That means that 10 teams from Division 2 would have to be moved up to Division 1 to replace them because the current uh, tournament procedures for wrestling needs 128 teams in Division 1. But you also have to factor in there what teams from Division 2 would have moved up because of the performance factor. So there, there's going to be some some uh, data analysis in order to determine what teams and then how many ultimately have to do move up and down uh, throughout the procedure. So it, it is going to be a, a time-consuming process uh, for this office and each respective sports director.
0: As we continue our conversation with Mel Dow, let's take another chance to remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads, the life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Is there a mechanism for further appeal after that then? Let's say I am one of those schools that uh, is moved up based on other schools requesting to move down. Is there an appeal for me to not move up?
1: No, there's just the one appeal process at this
0: point. Okay. And that was, that was one of the questions that, uh, that I had seen that people had, or even some, some challenges maybe, or uncertainty with the plan of, you know, there, you can, there's an appeal to move down, but not an appeal to move up. So, you know, that may be something that, uh, you know, could, could cause some, some pause for, for people. And this is a hard question because it's theoretical a little bit or a lot of bit. Uh, but is there, is there an estimate done by the committee on just how many teams could request to move down? Um, is it something that in in basketball where there's 500 teams that we could see a hundred teams request to move down? Would it be more like five or 10? Like, do we have an idea or do we have to wait and find out once this is actually in place?
1: You know, that, that, that is a great question, Travis. And and that is one of those that we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, And, and uh, it, it's unknown um this is going to be unchartered water for for everyone and uh how it really impacts each and individual each individual school so um you know we we anticipate that there's going to be a lot of inquiry uh if this if this constitutional amendment passes and goes forward uh but uh I think it's like anything else when it's new it it's going to have people more invested and in, and in, and in, anxious to see how it works as it walks through that first run but uh in the in the years to come it will become more commonplace
0: and uh again there are there are two parts to this there's the tournament performance factor which elevates teams based on a high level of success over uh, a three-year period there's the tournament classification procedure which uh, allows schools to kind of self-request to move down a division based on um Factors and and information that they have to provide. Um, I I have uh, been on the record going back to when the success factor first came out that I thought the success factor or now the performance factor makes a lot of sense because as we talked about, there's so many variables that go into schools being successful and why some achieve at a higher rate that um, that go beyond you know just one or two things. That looking at the output and the outcome makes more sense than looking at all of the inputs and the different variables uh i, I do have a little bit of pause perhaps and, and maybe it's just because of you know the uncertainty and the unknown of the the classification procedure you know if if i'm a school that is lost in a regional final for several years to the same school and i just am looking for a different spot to have a, a better chance to succeed maybe i'll request to move down um you know just to to give myself a better chance or um, you know, I, I, again, we don't know if there's going to be a hundred boys basketball requests to move down or five or 10, there's just some uncertainty about it. But that, that part of it for me personally, uh, gives me a little more pause than the, the tournament performance factor, uh, part of it does. And And we should also note that the, the appeals, the, the appeals to move down, the appeals to not move up. If you're a team that has the performance factor applied to you. Um, those go to a classification committee, I think. Is that 15 members that will be on that kind of appeals classification committee? Mel, is that correct?
1: Yes. Yep. That's that's what the uh, that's what this competitive balance committee has has identified. Yes. And that's a made up of obviously of athletic directors, superintendents, principals, um, and, and they're still discussing whether or not uh, there should be conference commissioners involved. So uh, that that stuff will be finalized in the next week or so.
0: And that will be an interesting committee to be on, right? <laughs> we yeah, we have seen it definitely. with the with the realignment committee task force, and uh, even this task force here. It it can be a thankless job, and if you're going to be the one to say no to somebody, that that comes with a little bit of extra pressure if you're on that committee.
1: Yeah, yeah I, and you know, I have to commend the committee. Uh, the amount of work that they put into this, uh, the the research that they put into the data that they have have dove into. Um, you know, putting themselves out there to expose everything that they're con- they're discussing and then taking the questions on it. Um, I mean, they, their communication on this process has been the most transparent I've ever seen in any process um, in, in my affiliation with, with high school athletics. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the membership should truly know everything that they want to know about this. Um, either by using the, the the website itself or by reaching out to the members um, that on the committee, and uh, yeah, it, it is at times a thankless job, but the membership has charged them. Hey, find a way to ad- address this what is has been called a competitive imbalance for quite some time, and uh, this this is kind of the best of all the. Uh, processes that they've identified from across the country, as well as specific things here to the state of Wisconsin. Um, so so we can, as an association, as Jordan, the, the, the chair has stated, so we can avoid litigation, legislation, and alienation. Um, this should help us keep a strong association with uh, all member schools.
0: Right now, the Tournament performance factor and the tournament classification um, procedure, those are one amendment. Is that correct? They would be voted on together? Correct. Yep. Yep. Is there a process where at the annual meeting, schools could request to vote on those separately? Or can they be uh, separated, I guess? I,
1: well, how how the committee has put this together, it is one it it is it's one process because the tournament performance factor, okay, uh makes that initial shuffling of, of the of the deck, if you will. Um and the, the second part, that uh tournament classification procedure it is the follow-up. It I I, I can't see why a school would not want that with that initial part, because that ability to appeal um is is the the key behind that second portion. So I can't see why they would want that first part without the second part.
0: Anything else on this particular item which is is the you know the the one that's getting the most interest of course. Uh yep. anything else we need to clean up, mention, clarify before we move on to talking about some of the other items on the uh, on the agenda?
1: Um you know we we are going to have a um presentation about the overall um program. Uh, At the beginning of the annual meeting come Wednesday, um, our committee chair is going to be presenting one last time and and provide an opportunity to answer any last minute questions um, that uh, that that people have as they get ready to go into the vote. They've uh, presented across the state um, at all the meetings, as well as I had uh, spokespersons at each of the uh, uh, district caucuses that have been taking place over the last two weeks. Uh, We we just hope that all the members are as informed as they want to be and that they think about what's in the best interest of the membership as a whole. Uh, That's that's the great thing about the W.I.A. It's an association of member schools and uh, um, take take a look at obviously you're you're going to to be voting on things based upon your school. But what is in the best interest of the membership as a whole um, so we can continue to provide the great programming that we do Um, so. Uh, really looking forward to it uh we we are getting excited here in the office because we've seen the amount of work um uh, that has been gone uh that has been put into this uh by the the committee and uh looking forward to see if if it truly meets what the membership uh is striving for
0: I was going to ask you this a, a little bit later but I'll ask it now since it's you, you mentioned it there the the challenge of schools and superintendents or athletic directors or whoever is that, that spokesperson, that voice for their school at the annual meeting or at other WIA functions of how do you, you know, the, the balance between voting what's best for your school and your community and voting what's best for the membership and the state as a whole. Um, you were a longtime athletic director and coach at, at a couple of different places, including Prairie de Chine and Stoughton. And now you're working at the WIAA where your, your viewpoint is different than just representing a single school. How how challenging is that as an athletic director or as a school representative to balance what's best for my school or what does my school or community want versus what might be the best thing overall for for high school sports?
1: You know, Travis, that's uh, again another great question. You do such a great job of of asking those that that actually have some depth to them, um, and 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 that's something that many schools are going to face. There there are some schools that this constitutional amendment may never impact their school ever at all, and uh, they they have to consider, okay, um, you know, as part of a membership, you know, I I do have to vote one way or the other and think about what is the the whole purpose of educationally-based athletics and where does it go? Um, yes, we are aware that there are difference of opinions, even within school districts uh, where the various levels of administration have a, a different viewpoint. Um, you know, some some come from, uh, you know, we've, we've got this marquee program that we want to make sure that maintains a marquee program. But then there's others that think about, OK, the holistic athletic department as a whole. Um, you know, mo- most schools have uh, hot and cold programs, if you will. A- and. You know, you, you have to take a step back as an administrator and, and and say, OK, what is in the best interest of all aspects when making this decision? So, yeah, it's um, and it, it's something that we hope that that schools have had thorough conversation um, and and put that. Put that emotional response to the side and, and have a, a well thought out uh, plan in place when when it comes time for the vote.
0: Well, let's move on and, and talk about some of the other agenda items on the annual meeting. We won't spend as much yeah. time on those. Uh, I certainly want to respect your time. Uh, we're continuing our conversation with Mel Dow, the uh, assistant director for the WIAA. The second amendment on the uh, on the agenda deals with tournament substitution, which would allow the most recently defeated opponent to replace a team in the uh, tournament, which would uh, has been in place, but this would expand that opportunity. Anything significant of note on, on that second amendment?
1: No, th- this came about just uh, from the success that took place as some of those COVID provisions that were there. Uh, it, it's, it's most logical. You know, we have interscholastic athletics for kids to have the opportunity to play a game. And if if a team is not able to participate, uh, why not find a team, uh, the most suitable team to for them to be able to play that game? Uh, so that's how this one came about, uh, getting kids out there to play the games that they love to play
0: and getting kids more opportunities is also the uh the the point and focus of the third agenda item which deals with transfers uh a, a student a senior who transfers without a full family move gives them the opportunity for non-level non-varsity level competition as is currently afforded to 11th grade students uh, again just giving kids an opportunity to compete even if it's not at the varsity level
1: yeah you know Travis this this is an example of, of the the vision and the direction under Stephanie's leadership uh, for the association is to listen to the member schools and and what are the things that they need to be able to help their programs move well. And uh, in in just the two years that uh, she and I have sat in our roles, uh, you know, we've expanded our outreach uh, with our member schools to hear more from them, um, understanding that the rules that are within the Senior Eye Handbook, the Constitution, Bylaws, and Rules of Eligibility, uh, come from the members themselves. Uh, you know there are four different ways that a, an amendment can come forward to the membership, and and through those uh, outreaches, area meetings, conference outreach, and so forth. Schools are looking for more ways to have students that transfer into their schools have the opportunity to be engaged while still protecting the the intentional uh, purpose of the transfer rule. And and when a senior. Up until this point, uh, when a senior transfers in, they were only allowed the opportunity to practice with the team. This, if the if the school decides that they would like them to play at the at the non varsity level, would give them an opportunity to play um, rather than just practice. And again, that that's uh, a request that member schools have, have mentioned, and uh, through feedback from the schools, it's something that they wanted to to have the membership as a whole vote on. So we're looking forward to seeing the the response on that one.
0: Another transfer uh, in the Fourth Amendment on the agenda, which would um, give a transfer student eligibility if they have never competed in a particular sport before, in that sport only. So if if they've moved, if they're moved and have never played basketball before, they're obviously not moving for basketball reasons. So this would give them an opportunity to com- to compete if they have never competed in that particular sport before.
1: Yeah, uh, v- very similar to the the previous one, where it's a situation where our schools are looking to get these kids to be engaged and involved with their their new peers, and uh, uh, if if a student had never participated in that sport, uh, it, this would give them unrestricted eligibility in that sport only. Um, so if an if an athlete was a uh, a basketball player at, at their previous school and uh, they transferred in and they wanted to try hockey. Um, they they could play hockey and have unrestricted eligibility in the sport of hockey. Um, so, yeah, you know, there, there's going to be some, some administrative work by by athletic directors in these situations um, and explanations. But uh, you know, again, it, it's an opportunity for schools to, to grant kids eligibility to be able to participate.
0: The final uh, amendment on the agenda would kind of clear up some confusion about when coaches can start to have contact or, or, coaching regulations start to apply this would uh state that any coach not just a varsity coach or a, a jv coach any coach can work with students until the start of their ninth grade year so that includes yeah. eighth graders or students in the uh in the summertime just kind of clears up that that part of uh coaching eligibility
1: yeah so, so as you previously mentioned you know, being a former coach former athletic director you know, th- this is one that uh, through the years has caused confusion uh, on, on multiple levels. And so this it helps us make a very clear understanding. We've always determined eligibility for a high school athlete starts on the first day of practice or the first day of school of their ninth grade year. And uh, the, the way that the rule was interpreted in the past was that um, an athlete uh, could not work with the coach that they would have that upcoming year. Well, as we all know, we we are seeing more and more underclassmen having varsity experience where you really don't know what level that that incoming freshman is going to play at as they come into high school. And and so this lines up with where or when high school eligibility starts for an athlete, that the coaching contact comes into play as well. So again, much more clean, much more concise for uh, coaches and administrators to apply.
0: We've got about five minutes left, but before we let you go um, in and wrap up our conversation today, I did want to ask about uh, a great success that that we've seen from the WIAA the last couple of years, and that is the expansion of girls wrestling, a sport that you oversee. We had the second ever WIAA girls state tournament this year, and for the first time, the girls wrestling state tournament was competed at the same time at the same location at the Kohl Center as the boys wrestling state championships. Just give us a, a breakdown of how that went and, and how we're continuing to see girls wrestling expand, not only in Wisconsin, but across the country.
1: Yeah, what, what a great environment, a great atmosphere. Um, you know, I've had the pleasure of being at that state tournament now for, for over two decades. Uh, and, uh, you know, just the expansion of the number of mats and the number of competitors was great. Uh, our, our girls numbers, you know, we have goals of doubling them every year for the next four years. Uh, we were just shy of a double this year, but uh, our participation rate at the tournament series uh, was double of what it was a year ago at this, uh, for the girls state tournament. We had to have a qualifier this year uh, to be able to, to, to get the appropriate number of qualifiers at the state meet. We are super excited that we had uh, 12 weight passes. Uh, all 12 were full. Uh, so 16 competitors in each. Um, and uh, you know, we're really looking forward to where that continues to grow. Even since this year's state tournament, the number of schools that have reached out and talked about that, that they're adding a girls coach or they're adding a girls program. They're they're trying to find additional uh, competitions for girls versus girls competitions, um, which is going to continue to help the sport grow. The more that we can get young ladies competing against other young ladies, it is going to increase the speed in which the sport grows. Uh, there, there is, there is a strong correlation between when a girl has to compete against a boy that it stifles the growth of the sport and the interest of the sport. And so the more that we get schools committing to that, uh, we're going to continue to see more opportunities for girls to rise and, and the sport to grow.
0: Awesome stuff. Great to see that expansion. Great to see good things happening in high school sports. It's good to talk the good things happening in high school sports and not always the, you know, the off the field things or some of the other uh, components to it, but great to catch up Mel as always. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you at the WI annual meeting next Wednesday, April 26th starts at 9am. There is a live stream that people can watch. It'll be posted uh, and the link is posted on the WI site. Currently people are interested in checking it out and following along. Uh, I'll be there providing updates as well. But again, Mel, thank you for taking some time and joining us here on the WSN podcast.
1: You bet, Travis. Thanks so much for all you do and uh, looking forward to see where uh, we continue to provide opportunities for kids.
0: So there you go. Again, hope that provided some clarity, uh, provided some additional insight, information on the process for the WIAA, how the annual meeting works, what the proposed competitive equity plan would do and how it may impact things and also the the other items that that are on the agenda um, that certainly can be impactful for kids uh, two or three of them giving more eligibility to kids to be able to compete more that is always um, something that that the WI is looking to do i remember conversations with uh with dr wade lebecky who handled eligibility uh before Dow did and his his Uh, mantra, and and he said, you know, this is kind of what we got from from Dave Anderson at the time and from the, the board, was find ways within the rules to make kids eligible. And nobody likes to see kids sit out. Nobody likes to see kids not be able to participate. It's not a good situation for anybody. You do have to have rules that, you know, make it a fair and level playing field, and some of these proposals that are are being discussed today uh, around transfers and eligibility specifically do open up avenues, additional avenues for more kids to be able to participate and play the great high school sports that are out there around the state of Wisconsin. We're going to wrap it up for today though. Again, the the WI annual meeting held next Wednesday starts at nine o'clock. Look for the live stream on the WI website. If you can't watch it, you can follow me on Twitter at TravisWSN. I'll be posting updates throughout the day as well, um, and, and getting some reaction uh, afterwards as well. So, gonna be a, a fun day. Gonna be an interesting day. Maybe not quite as many fireworks as that very first uh, multiplier area uh, annual meeting. I, I don't know if we'll see anyone unhappy with this that that feels it doesn't go far enough, or that you know, it. There are people that that feel that only the private school should be impacted. This does impact everybody equally, private or public, or rural or urban. Um, are there other are people upset about that that will provide some other mechanism that will push for other discussions or even try to, who knows, throw something on the uh, the agenda from the area from the annual meeting to, uh, to try to get a different idea looked at. So we'll see, I, I have a feeling that Based on where they have gone with this, the amount of time they put into it, you know, when when they invest this much time into it, they have a pretty good idea, I think, of where things are at and where things are going. And I just have a hard time seeing them put this much work into it thinking that it won't pass. So I, I think it is likely that this passes, and then it becomes a matter of what does it mean? How many people does it impact, the tournament performance factor? We did the analysis, um, I don't think anybody else had, I don't think the committee even had, to be honest with you, we did the analysis of which teams would it have impacted last year, after last year. And now if this passes, we'll do the analysis of what teams will this impact this year. Um, and then we wait and see, you know, what, uh, what schools, what teams are gonna request to go down if, if this passes. Again, are we going to have 100 boys basketball teams that request to go down, or is it going to be five? We, we have no idea, so that'll be interesting to see as well. So again, check it out. Follow along. It is very impactful. Quite honestly, I think it's one of the most impactful proposals that we have seen from the WIAA in many, many years. This will impact who wins state championships, who gets to state. There is no doubt that will be the case. So follow along, be educated, and uh and have a have an ability to to, to discuss this with uh, you know hopefully a little bit of information and knowledge as you're talking about it whether at school, in the bleachers, um, you know uh, behind the bleachers in the barbershop, it's in in town whatever it might be, um, but be able to uh, have some additional knowledge and hopefully we help provide that today with uh, with Mel Dow, associate director at the WIAA, but that will do it for us. We're we're going to turn our attention a little bit more to spring sports coming up. Obviously, hopefully the weather. Gets a little bit nicer, and, uh, and we can talk a little bit more spring sports going forward and, uh, and get some folks on uh, to, to talk spring sports on the podcast coming up. We'll have some other guests that we have lined up that I think will be interesting to, to a lot of people as well. So that will do it, though, for today for the WSN podcast. One more chance to remind everybody to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, that'll do it for today's episode of the WSN Podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.